Okay. So, um, so, I had a vision this morning. It was such an interesting vision. I was in Mexico, and I've been having a few visions in Mexico lately, and I've been wondering, what is that? What is what is that for? Why does that? Why is that happening? Last year, um, around November, in November, um, end of October, beginning of November, I visited Mexico. I went to Mexico for about two weeks, and um. I was going to stay, but something told me to just book a round-trip ticket just in case I decided to change my mind. But when I'd get there, if, of course, I decided to stay, then it wouldn't matter what happened, you know, to the, the way back. Like, I just, I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to get on that flight if I wasn't, if I didn't want to come back. But I decided to come back because... I'd seen different things. I'd seen a vision of my mom and my brother working hard to get me back, even though they were in darkness. And um, it felt that it was a very big indication on where they stand, not that I needed it. God is telling me what is going on. God is telling me where people are, you know, where people are falling, where they stand. They're at an altar. They're bowed down at an altar to Satan. And I'm doing everything I can to get them up and get them out. But everything that they do, they just try to drag me down and get me down to that altar, get me down to that altar with them. I'd never in my life seen somebody actually at the altar. You know, you hear about it and it's like God, it seems like God is like, God is guiding you and he's showing you who is and who isn't and how close you are to it and when you are. But, um, I'd seen them. They were at the altar, and they were on their knees for Satan, worshiping him. They didn't say a word. And I talked to them, and I say, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You're at an altar. You're bowing down to Satan. He will not, this will not serve you. You are not going to, you know, it's not going to end well. He's not care for you. He's come to do nothing but still kill and destroy. You're supposed to be choosing our Lord and Savior. God, you guys look like you are making progress. Why are you at this altar? Nobody would say anything. Nobody said anything to me. They just stood there at this altar and on their knees at this altar. And I, when it clicked in my mind, it clicked in my heart, and I felt so heartbroken. The Lord has asked me to do one thing. He's asked me to do one thing, just one thing. And it seems so measly, though it's so big. I don't want to put, I don't want to emphasize it with different words to make it seem measly because if it were that small, I'd have done it. It's difficult. It's difficult. It may be small to God. Of course, it's small to God. It's very small compared on a comparative scale of God and what he's capable of. And, and especially comparative to the sacrifice he made for us on the cross being nailed through his hands and his feet. 
is very small in comparative in comparison to that. But the one thing that the Lord has asked me to do, get on my knees and stay on them. Lift my hands up high and just worship him and focus on him and fight and give it all to him and just release it all to him and let it all go. Everything, don't hold on to anything. Just let God have it. Give, like, trust him. He's he's asking for complete and utter trust in him. And I've tried. I've tried, but I felt things pulling me down. I felt things hanging on my arms, weighing my arms down. I felt things pulling me down off my knees, you know, pushing me down. Like, they, like, you don't know. These demons in the spirit, they will kick you down your back. They will hold, they they hang onto your arms. Like, it's like, they'll... Like, when you are on monkey bars, that's how they're hanging on your arms. They're putting their whole weight and hanging on your arms, all of them at once. Pulling your arms down. They are doing everything they possibly can to keep you from reaching God. And I've already gone through this once for my sister. And I endured that. But even then, I felt I was going to die. I felt I was going to die. And if that's a fulfillment of the prophecy, I literally almost did. If that is a fulfillment of the prophecy, I almost died. You know, I was told that my face was cut open. There's a big scar under my left eye. I remember God tending to it. He was putting on it like he was putting Vaseline on it. Like like I was some boxer or something. Like he was healing it for me. But I said, I want to keep it. And he said, I know. With the Lord, he could have wiped it. He could have made it. You know, he could have, he could have gotten rid of it, you know? And I said, you know, I already know that because I even acknowledge everything that just happened here and everything that you have made me to be, that um, they are so jealous that they're going to try to do something, you know, concerning this car. They're going to do something concerning this car. I just, no, I just felt it. I just felt it in that moment. I was just like, no, this is such a big win. And, you know, these men can't stand to see this a woman in this position. They can't stand to have seen me made it. And so I was like, I already know they're going to do something concerning this scar. I just know they are. And um, I want my scar anyways. I want it anyways, no matter what. And God was like, you know, I know that later... You will have wanted to see your scar the way that it was meant to be and not after all of the different, like, you know, 
things that they, they have done to out of jealousy in order to somehow ruin this moment for you. And ruin that, you know, that trophy for you, you know. So, um, it's going to work out for you, you know, later on, we're going to see about your scar, but for now, I know what you meant, and he healed my face, and it stayed, and, you know, I try not to think about it a lot, because the Lord was telling me, just don't think about that scar too much. Just don't put too much attention on the scar too much. You know, don't think about it as like a trophy too much. Don't bring it up a lot. Don't show people a lot. Different stuff like that. And I was like, you know, I knew better because I knew in heaven it looked different. I mean, heaven it looked different. And what it looked here, what it looked like here, it was just like, you know, I didn't want to show it. In heaven, it looked different. Here, it looked dull. In heaven, it looks, you know, like glorious. It looks glorious because it's by God's goodness. You know, God could have healed it completely, and I would have no, I would have had no scar at all. But I wanted to keep it, and so I did. So it looks different. It looks different here than it looks in heaven. And I saw this, this little. I saw this little vision, and this vision, I saw the scar in my eye, and it had, like, this big, like, you know, like, big, like, bubble, like, bubble scar, you know, on it. And in my head, my head was, like, squeezed in at the top. And there was just so much hatred and envy and so much torture connected to the fact that I was a woman being put in this position. These men, these men so-called men, if you want to call them men after that. These guys, man, they torture me. They torture me. They torture me. They've tortured me for being a woman. They've taken me through so much extra, you know, unnecessary troubles for being a woman. They have singled me out, isolated me, deprived, starved, um, belittled, berated, you know, just held back as a whole, hindered. Like, I want to sometimes be like, you know, yeah, some of them come around and they start helping and they help me get to certain levels and they help me do certain things. But yes, overall, as a whole, though, they really literally did do everything they possibly could to get me away from and out of you know, the mix, and they will use my family, and my family will be so eager to help them because they already didn't want me to be anything anyway, so that's really low. That's really low to me. That's so low because it's like you already know that I have to already have overcome this obstacle in my life, my whole life of not being accepted by them, and you will use them against me right now when I've already, it's already been tough enough to get here in life, period. And I've made it anyways. And you would still go back, double back, and use them to somehow try and keep me from moving forward. And that just solidifies and signifies where you will be. Because that's just, it's low. That's so low. Like, for, for example, with LeBron James. I'm not quite sure, but I guess he's had mother issues. And his mother might have been like a crackhead or something. Now, what would I do? I mean, how now how would I look? What kind of person would I be if I went and I got his crackhead mother 
to come and somehow hinder him from moving forward and healing and forgiving women for what he's had to endure in his life. That's really low. That's extremely low. And they do stuff like that to me all the time. And it's nobody ever says anything because I'm a woman. Like, it's okay because they all have this secret, like, buried vendetta inside of them that doesn't want a woman to be in the position that I've been destined for. And it's sick to me because, you know, my family, they're never going to not want to help you do that. And you and, and when you know that, you just don't work with people like that. That's messed up. It's messed up for you to ever work. And some people be like, no, there's no rules to it. If I want you out of this position, it doesn't matter who I use. I'll use whoever. I'll do whatever I want because I don't want you there or this, then, a third. You don't have any moral code. You don't have a moral code, you know? And it's like I, I, I have to, I feel like at the very least, bring up a moral code because in reality, you're supposed to have, you know, integrity. You're supposed to have... You know, you're supposed to have good character. So I, I, I'm like at the very least moral code, but, you know, I haven't been able to truly figure that out the, at the very least moral code thing. Because every single time it comes to a woman being in the position that the Lord has destined for me to be in, everything goes out the window. All good logic, all good reasoning, all good, you know, excuses. They all just, they act, they act up. They act, they act up. They will do anything. They do anything. They do anything. I've seen them go further than anything. They are extremely intimidated by that. Extremely intimidated by that. For them, it's the end of the world, so they'd rather it be the end of the world and never see me in a position like that, of that magnitude as a ruler, as a leader above all men, a position that never even existed for them because they just don't have what it takes to be in that position. The Lord has called me to be in it. He's made me capable. He's chosen me as a vessel, and he's created an entirely new position above everybody that has never existed before, and he's putting a woman in it. They hate me for that. Every morning I wake up, they wish that I was dead. Every morning I open my eyes and I'm thanking the Lord for another day that I'm breathing. They wish that they could be the ones to take that breath away from me. And what can I say? What can I do besides, you know, just thank God for the life that I'm living. Thank God for the breath that I'm breathing. And, and hope and pray that, you know, things just work out. Hope and pray that things just work out because... I don't know. To be quite honest, I don't know. I really truly don't. I do not know. But, um, what I do know is that, you know, it's not going to change. It's not going to change. It's like I get around different environments and I get around different people and it seems as if these things are brought up or even brought into perspective. But then when I, you know, when I tell them about these things, when I talk to them about these things, it seems like it's going to change or it's going to make a difference or that they actually care. When in reality, turn around and, you know, it does not matter. It doesn't matter. They don't change a thing. It never matters. Like, they always do things the same. They always do the same thing. 
They never change a thing. And at this point, like, I hate that it's gotten to this point because I know that this is exactly what they want. They want to get me away from God and, and get me at odds and at enmity with God because they know that they cannot beat him. They cannot change his will. And they want my destiny to be changed as a whole. They just want me to. They don't care what happens or what, what, what goes on in the process. They just want me to ultimately not have ever reached that point or never have succeeded in, you know, gaining the position that God has for me. But it's going to happen anyways. Like, that's just my destiny. That's just my will. That's just his will for my life. But the fact of the matter is that... um. They want me away from God. They want me at odds with God. They want me at enmity with the Lord because they know that he keeps me. He grants my petitions and he favors me. And he carries me through this situation when I face all these different adversities and discriminations. And when I'm unaccepted by this world, he's carrying me. He's favoring me. He's keeping me, you know, where I am. He's, you know, helping me get, helping me to get through. But the frustration about it all is that, you know, in a way, it almost feels as if he even encourages their, you know, behavior. Like, sometimes it feels like he encourages it, you know, because they sit around and they speak. They say this stuff right out their mouth like it's nothing. Like, it's nothing. They say this stuff right out their mouth like it's nothing. Let a man do it. If, a you know, it, a man should, it should be a man then or let a man handle that or that's man's work and different stuff like that. And it's like he he just let them talk like that. He'll he won't let them possibly it's it's a possibility that he'll stop them from actually trying to stop or hinder me from doing something, but he still lets them talk like that. And that just frustrates me so bad because it's like I can never talk like that. I can't even talk like that. I can't even talk like that. That's not fair. That's not right. That's not right. It's so much things that are so unright. That that are so not right. In these situations that I just don't know. So, i just been frustrated lately. i just been frustrated lately because I'm being treated like the runt. When in reality, I'm stronger than all of them. I'm more capable than all of them. I am, you know, more willing to be obedient to God's word than all of them. I am more willing to be made perfect than all of them. I am stronger than all of them put together. I'm tougher than all of them put together. You know, it's like it's it's just not right. It's just not right. But it's like you know, they 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 want to convince themselves like, no, she never really was tougher or stronger. That was God carrying her. That was by God's grace that she even made it to that point. And we're just not gonna let her get in the position. We're just gonna block her. We're just gonna be a hindrance from to keep her away from me, because we truly believe that in reality that was just some sort of handout. That was really just a handout. That was not something that she truly would have, you know, deserved to be in because of who she's made to be and, you know, earning her position there. But even if that were the case, they're going to try and make you earn it 10 times over to prove that. And the fact of the matter is, like, I'm tired. I'm tired. They're trying to give my position to my brothers because they somehow believe that, you know, they really rather it be a man. They just don't want to ever see a woman do it. Like, they would even give it to another woman at this point. Because they are, they know that she's not really capable of doing what I'm doing. You know, if they give it to another woman right now, they're feeling like it's going to make me upset. You know, they're just trying to hurt me. 
because at the end of the day, it's like I'll see it and I'm like, okay, so you let you allow another woman in position, just not me. Okay, you really want you really are trying to convince me that that's the case. It's really not the case. It's not the case that you are, it's just me and it's just me that you have a problem with. It's just me that you don't want there. It's the fact that you can't stand to see a woman be better than you, be used more than you as a vessel from God. You can't stand to see it. And the abusive relationships, I won't even call them, I call everything a relationship. But the abusiveness, the abusiveness of these men, these women as well, they're abusive extremely abusive like they get abusive in a to a point where it's like you know like it feels like holding a position is being abused and everybody who sees it is like you don't have to go through that you don't have to deal with that you don't need that and I'm like what am I supposed to do when I'm trying to do and be everything I'm called to be and and follow my destiny and this is what they require for me to have to go through in order to be in the position that the Lord has called me to be in. And it feels and seems so satanic and it literally looks so obviously like, you know, I'm being, you know, I'm the weak one. And I'm being played over and, you know, I'll never be able to speak up for myself or say anything or anything like that. But they always find comfort. They always find comfort. They, they'll they just be like, and if somebody ever comes around defending whatever it is you're going through or likes you, actually truly connects with you, we'll just find our way in. We'll just charm our way to them too as well. And we'll get them on our side so that they don't never agree with you or know you never have anyone actually standing up for you. You just have to always stand alone against all of us. And we're just always going to jump you. It's just always going to be us against you. And we're never going to give you a fair fight because you'll win. You'll beat us all up. So I'm just tired, you know. I'm tired. Oftentimes they try to make it seem like, no, you can't beat everybody. You can't, you know, this and the third. If that's the case, why are you always jumping in? Why are you always sneaking up on me and adding extra people? Why do you always want to set up all these different things so that I can never fight you on my own fair fight? Because you are afraid to get beat up. You are afraid to get beat up. And you know what? It's fine because, you know, what else can I do? What What can I do? You know, I know it. I've seen it. You know, when nobody's around, it's just me and them. And they try that stuff with me. And they give me an opportunity to really fight them fair square. I beat them up. And nobody ever knows about it. And they will never let the world know. They would never let nobody know. I Like, I would really whoop on them. Because when it's about proving a point to this world, they always cheating and doing all this extra stuff. So it's like, it, it's not even important to me. And I can't even bring it up. Because if I bring it up, then they got to prove a point in front of everybody. She can't really beat me. You really believe that? Like, I'm tired. Like, I like, come on now. This is not even right. This is it's all it's all immature. And then everybody always wants to bring up like that's immature. The stuff you're talking about, the stuff that you are caring for, that stuff is immature. I know that. I know that this is what they want to focus on all day. This is what they want to spend so much time into. This is what they want to use to distract and get in my way most of the day. And I know I have a responsibility. I have to be in God's presence. I take responsibility and do what I have to do. But nobody understands. That's what I'm saying. So if I'm ever talking at all, if you have any question about anything that I do, if I'm ever talking at all, it's about that. And then, you know, 
don't know. Okay, so the Lord has been giving me signs to stop smoking and drinking and going to the store and buying these things that I'm buying that I should just be, you know, in this season just going without because he will provide whatever it is that I need. He's going to provide for me. But I had decided that I was going to... um. I decided that I was going to, um, obviously to keep sinning, but I'm not going to brag about it. It's not like I'm bragging on sinning. It's just that, um, yes, I am continuing to sin, but, um, I see so many things happening in the spirit, like so many different things are going on in the spirit. And I call myself getting on Instagram just to check up on different things that were going on in the industry. Maybe different things I may be able to recognize that are happening due to, you know, lack of, my lack of presence and judgment in in certain situations. Because I know that that's been going on recently and as of late. I talked about how they um, banned my account from Instagram out of nowhere, you know. Then they, you know... They they added they them pronouns for LGBTQ community in the name of Lozy Vert. And it's funny because you know the situation has surrounded that lately and um it was funny to me because they were, you know, they were already saying what their plans were from the jump from the moment I woke up that morning after, you know, I saw something happen in the spirit. What happened in the spirit is that um I think they saw me and they trembled. They saw me and they trembled with fear. But um they had they had threatened me. They threatened me that, you know, I was going to end up like this pastor of this church that I visited who had been trembling. He trembled in the presence of God because of his sin and his um his lack of an, uh, a relationship with the Lord, you know, though he was a pastor. And I was there for a sermon and the Lord was telling me, you know, he triples in the presence of God who is with you, you know. And I wasn't trying to make fun of it or make fun of these different things. But when I try and, you know, conquer these different battles where these things are being forced upon me, like these these conversations, these judgments, these, you know, preconceived notions, these, you know, these subjects, they are forced on me. I, I don't want to talk about them. I don't want to, I don't want to um, spend time on these subjects. As much time is spent on these subjects, but they're forced on me. And so um, I'm supposed to be fighting these things. And that's what I've been trying to do. I've been trying to fight these things and trust God through it all. And I trust him. I do trust him. And um, so things just have been dwindling to what they are. And I, I know that I pick up on the the behavior. 
that is going on around me. I pick up on it. I know so many more things are happening in spirit than what I can see. But I can see, like, when I'm out, um, they are kind of controlling the community to do what they want, you know, and kind of in a way, you know, showing and proving their control over the people here in Houston, the control they still have over the people. And, you know, sometimes, you know, proving how very little support it is in the name of the Lord. And um, it is not their fault. It is not the community's fault, you know, that they have the control. It is, but it isn't. But these people are in desperate of revision. And so that's what I'm here to do. Concerning most recent situations, they seem to be, you know, really bad or really really um out of my hands but I know that this is not the real battle this is not what's the the real fight in the real war this is just you know warming up to that possibly if there is to be any real war fight this is just warming up to that you know I can see the different individuals who've played a part so long in so many different things how they are kind of trying to gain advantages from this fight in this war or trying to have their hands on different things, taking the opportunity to gain an advantage on things that they wanted to have their hands on for a while, but I've been guarding. And um, it's what it's been. I really want to say that it's pathetic and it's weak, but, you know, at the end of the day, I cannot judge like that anymore. I cannot judge any judge them in that way anymore, um, even though maybe it is true. I have to take accountability. I have to take accountability for the part that I play. You know, the Lord has sent me here, you know, with all the tools that I need in order to conquer this battle. And I cannot allow them to gain advantages like that, no matter the circumstances. But also, I've noticed that a lot of battles I've been fighting concerning these different things and what they want to gain an advantage on is a big waste of time. It's a huge waste of time. You know, they want to keep me focused and distracted by these many different things that really aren't important and don't really matter much so that I can be distracted from what really does, which is to wake up the people and to conquer evil and to to revise the people, to conquer evil, to wake my people up, to to open their eyes and their hearts to the fact, the truth, that Jesus is very real. He died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. He was crucified in the name of love for this world, for everyone who has ever existed and who will ever exist. He died on the cross for us so that we may receive forgiveness and, you know, in believing in him, receive eternal salvation. They want to keep me distracted from that. That's that's what matters. That's That's the real meat of the situation everything else is just not important it's just extra things that are distracting and time consuming and also energy consuming so I'm trying to manage these things I'm finding myself in this place where you know different individuals are you know benefiting from the advantages that they've gained due to you know just the present situation which of course can't last forever but none of it was really meant to last forever, any of these situations. So I can't really focus too much on what they're doing right now because I realize that just as much as these things are temporary, those things are as well. 
So, you know, I'm trying to focus and figure these things out. Um, I do notice concerning my attitude towards the situation that I will have to, you know, I will have to, you know, get gain, gain. I will have to get closer to Jesus's presence and, and possibly let go of different things that I am holding on to concerning how unfair, you know, this battle is and how unfit certain individuals are to be, you know, in the positions that they are in, you know, calling the shots that they call if they call shots at all, you know. I have to trust God, though, because he is to be trusted. The devil wants to create a divide between me and the Lord so that he can eat more easily manipulate the power the Lord has placed inside of me in order to conquer this battle. And I cannot allow that to happen. I have to stay close to the Lord. I have to hold on to him for dear life, and that's what I'm doing. And I cannot allow pride, vanity, arrogance, inconsideration, selfishness, different things of that nature that I use on a daily in order to just get by in this, you know, in this position I feel that I've been placed in due to unfair circumstances. I have to let these things go because they gain advantages from them. You know, when she behaves in that manner, what she is only proving is that we were never wrong for behaving in this manner and we don't have to change it. If she doesn't change it, we don't have to change it. If she's not fighting to be better and be more transformed, neither do we. And uh, I'm just, you know, I'm not being a very good example or representative of the kingdom right now. Though I, I know that these individuals seek to eliminate me as a representative as a whole. It doesn't matter. That part doesn't matter when it comes down to it. They will never be able to do that. They're never going to be able to eliminate me or get rid of me as a whole. So... What they are really trying to do is somehow trying to gain some sort of bragging rights for what they were able to, you know, somehow bring concern to. You know, if I'm able to make her feel like this is concerning or this matters or this is a threat, then that's all that I really sought to do because they are never, ever going to get the, the, you know, satisfaction of somehow changing the Lord's will or, you know taking back anything that the Lord has given me. It's already much too late for that. So I try and fight them on these things, though I know they are not important. I just do it because I know that, you know, they don't, they don't stop. They don't quit. They don't quit trying to somehow gain some sort of advantage in that area. And of course, this side of me must possibly, it poss- it's a very great possibility that it has to be pruned. But at the end of the day, You know, I cannot, you know, allow them to keep frustrating this battle and this war in that way. They frustrate the progress I'm trying to make. And they, with their wicked agendas and the wicked devices they have in their heart, they are so set on wickedness to remain and continue, which it won't. And I have to continue to fight for good no matter what it is that they're doing, regardless of how they see it. You know, I've just been hearing so much lately that it's more about the fact that I'm a woman. And I don't think that that's very important. I think that that is their ultimate plan. Their ultimate plan is to get me to become frustrated with that fact because they want to somehow prove to themselves that I care as much about the gender as they do, you know, to somehow try and validate, you know, the the um, pointless, pointless, you know, 
petitions that they have concerning these things, pointless petitions. So, um, you know, um, they're trying to get me to uh, let go of different petitions that I have that I'm waiting and I'm storing to be brought to the presence of the Lord so that he can, you know, so that I can, you know, so that my petitions may be heard by God. They're trying to get me to get rid of a lot of these before I get into God's presence so they don't, so they're not judged for their unfair behaviors, though they are supposed to be representatives of his kingdom. And, you know, I know that that was the whole goal as a whole, but it's just so many different things going on in so many different directions. And as long as they keep it busy and so many different distractions and so many different time-consuming things, they are able to kind of try and dwindle down the fight when it comes to these petitions so that they are not heard. But the fact of the matter is that what frustrates me is that God knows what my petitions are. And though he's saying that they will be heard and he doesn't have any obligation to hear them, so that's mercy and grace in, the, in itself. It just frustrates me because it's, in my in my opinion, you know, seeming as if a lot of these different issues are going, you know, unnoticed in the way that they may remain. And, you know, with him choosing me, choosing me as a vessel for this battle, I'm just a vessel, so I can't call the shots, but as a vessel for this battle, he's chosen me and knows everything about me he knows my ways better than me he knows me better than me so even with the things that will not and shall not remain that are in the process of being pruned and will not remain towards you know in the in the upon completion of this battle it still frustrates me that it seems as if you know these things are still going getting by like god you know me god you know who I am, you know why you chose me, you knew that I made the decisions that I made, you know that I feel the way that I felt about different things. And, you know, it just frustrates me to be left without even a better understanding or justice concerning, you know, I need one or the other, you know, if you feel as if these things are within their jurisdiction to to continue on in these behaviors, then please give me a better understanding on why, of course, they have the right to behave in these manners or even, you know, to be validated in these, you know, these, these perspectives, you know, they feel that it's okay for them to do these kind of things. And that's nothing wrong in the eyes of the Lord, what they're doing. And I just want a better understanding on God to, from God. Like, why is it, why is it nothing wrong? Why is it nothing wrong? But I feel something's wrong with that. You know, if it's something that's inside of me that needs to be pruned, please help me understand so that it can be pruned. I know that you'll prune it regardless, but just please give me to a better understanding of why you are allowing this or why you feel that it is okay for them to behave in this manner. When you have placed something inside of me that you are using for this battle that feels that that's absolutely wrong, please help me to understand. That's all I'm saying. Help me to understand. I mean, they are, you know, seemingly not too, not necessarily wrong, not necessarily 
without right for the things that they do and the way that they behave and the things that they are trying to continue or the behavior they are trying to continue. And I'm not going to speak for God and saying that he agrees with that. But when I'm trying to bring these petitions to you, you know, and I'm fighting for these different things, it doesn't feel that I'm getting much support. It doesn't feel that I'm getting much help, you know. And, of course, I have to take accountability for how I am somehow squandering different chances in order for these petitions to be heard in the way that I feel that they need to be by continuing in it, continuing on in sin, such as not fasting and praying as much as I should, weakening my defenses, smoking and drinking, and, you know, sometimes just completely ignoring, you know, words from God. And when he tells me to walk away from things, I'm not walking away from. I absolutely understand that, but even when I feel that it's past all of that, which it will never be past that, but I'm saying even outside of these things, when these things are being worked on and I'm working hard to address them and I'm taking accountability as much as I possibly can concerning, it seems as if some of these things are still okay in your eyes and I'm just trying to understand why you'd place something so strong and so deep inside of me that I feel is placed inside of me. The power you've placed inside of me is to get rid of these issues, but somehow you let you allow them to continue. That's what I'm trying to understand, you know? <sighs> these men, no, these people, they, um, as I've said, a lot of times they're doing things and it's like, well, I know that's wrong, but this will never be wrong, you know? Or this is not necessarily, this is okay. This is backed up by Bible. This is backed up by scripture. And, you know, even a lot of times when it feels like different things that we are doing is backed up by scripture, doesn't mean that it is right. It doesn't mean that it is right. And only God knows why he allows things. So I want to hear from him. I want him to bring me to a better understanding. And I guess I'm just going to have to work hard for that. So here I am in this place where, you know, I feel that I'm at a crossroad. What do I do? Of course, keep seeking the Lord in all that I do. But do I let these petitions go? Because they, you know, is a majority of is a majority of individuals or there's, you know, certain individuals that, you know, it seems as if you are also granting their petitions. Do I let allow these things to pass because you are allowing them? Or did you truly place this inside of me to fight it regardless? What, which one is it? I don't know. Because it seems as if it's coming down to the fact that, you know, they are intent on destroying my destiny and keeping me from, you know, the ultimate goal, which they won't be able to. But in order to get there, it may require for me to get past or through these certain issues that are being brought up. And if it feels that those things should stay, then how, of course, am I supposed to get to that place? Now, maybe that means that things inside of me need to change and need to go. And I'm a, I'm completely aware of that and I'm okay with that and I'm doing what I can. I'm fighting every day. But certain things aren't adding up. They aren't adding up. And I don't want to have to keep being aggressive. I don't want to have to keep being, you know, you know, I don't want to keep attacking the same issues over and 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 over again. When the Lord can be done with it right now as a whole, just done with it. Like what 
And it's like, so then maybe he's using you as a vessel to be done with these things. Okay, but then you're not allowing me to. So which one, you know, I need a better understanding. I need a deeper understanding. I need a fresh perspective because it's, it's getting to this point where it's like, it's not about the laughter. It's not about the judgment. It's not about winning. It's not about the power. It's not about any of those things. It's about the truth and the knowledge that I seek in the Lord, though it cannot only be about that, like... How am I expected to grow into this individual or be transformed into this individual that you seek to transform me into when, of course, the different things, you know, they're not, you know, it's not, I don't know. What I'm pretty much trying to say is like, I know that they're trying to stop me and I know that they're trying to keep me from having these things, but I'm fighting for them anyways. And sometimes it feels like God is fighting on their side about it. Please help me to understand why you do that. Why Why do you feel that that is necessary? And why does it feel as if I'm only allowed in your presence, you know, under certain circumstances? But I know, of course, that that is wrong. That is absolutely wrong. And no one should have jurisdiction to keep me from God, you know, under certain circumstances, under any circumstances at all. But it is an honor to be in his presence, and if he does not allow you in it or give you an opportunity to be in it, then you have to take that as a sign. So I'm doing what I can. Often, what's been brought up lately is that, you know, different individuals around me are saying, she just acts like this when she's not getting her way. I bet you if you give her her way, then she'll let these different things go, and she'll do things a different way, and that's why she's wrong. But, um... That is a that is an old perspective that has been around for so long, and the Lord has always told me and always shown me that is not true about myself. So really, what I think that that is a reflection of is unacceptance of who I truly am, and maybe that is what the Lord was trying to show me about people around me who won't accept me, and who are unaccepting of who I truly am because they would, you know. They so eagerly and confidently and surely, you know, decide on different things about me that are not true, that are that just aren't true. And it doesn't matter how much proof, it doesn't matter how much I fight, these things still remain. What do I do? You know, I guess at that point, it's like, let them go. But if the Lord is not calling me to let anybody go, but instead to just be obedient and focus on him, then what do I do? What do I do? Because, you know, I've become... I've gotten to this point where so I know I can do something. I know I can do things differently. But as soon as I start trying to do things differently, then I'm just wrong. You know? I don't want anybody to force my hand. Because then when I have to, you know, be judged by God and I have to... I only need his validation. So I don't want to have anyone to force my hand because I fear validation of them or I seek validation from them when I only need my father's validation. So I'm trying to do it in a way where I know that it's only about his validation, but I do have different things inside of myself that need to be worked on. I'm aware. But somebody told me early on in this, you can't save everybody. You can't save everybody. And, you know, I remember Boondock's episode. Huey said, you can't save everybody. If you try, you'll just end up saving no one. So you have to make a plan for the few that you can save. And I don't like that idea. 
I think that that's a limited perspective. And with Jesus on my side, I believe everyone can be saved. And that's what Jesus did. He conquered that. He made that possible. So it is possible. And I don't have to believe that everyone can be saved. I can fight for everybody if I feel like it. I can fight for who I believe can be saved regardless of what others think because that's what you think. You cannot force your view of life on me, your view of life on me. But I will also stay open as much as possible in order to understand why you maybe see it that way. But um, as I've said, this has become frustrating and I'm doing what I can and my goodness, like, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining, but my goodness, like, you know, at this point, I've almost gotten to a point where it's like, you know, maybe whatever it is I decide to do, even if it seems lazy or if it seems that I'm not uh, addressing certain issues or caring as much as I should, I don't want to become hard-hearted. But even if it feels as if I'm letting certain issues go, you know, and I'm not fighting as hard as maybe I've been called to fight, you know, that's just what God meant to happen. Because why do I find myself in this place where no matter how much I try, no matter what I do, I still, I still hit a roadblock there, you know? Obviously, that's what God has sent me here to revise and sent me here to be used as a vessel to change, but... You know, what can I do? And I think, you know, I think about when he said he doesn't know if they will be revised. So maybe this has something to do with that. But I don't know. Maybe it's something inside of me. I don't want to. I don't want to um, assume that it's always them. You know, I want to try and do everything I can to be everything I'm called to be first and let God decide whether it's them or me. You know, because he did not make a mistake in choosing me. He makes no mistakes. So no one can determine or jurisdict that out of nowhere as if they are bigger, better, or more qualified than God to make that, you know, to draw that conclusion. So I'm going to do what I can. Okay. So um, I'm thinking about getting on YouTube and posting these videos about what I've been going through in order to wake the people up. Um, things that I'm concerned about. I think that maybe if I'm not really a threat to this, you know, to Satan's kingdom, that's the only way they'll keep the videos up. I don't think that um, first the Lord has said that he's called me to more. And um, second, I've seen them, you know, I've seen them kind of um, mess with the videos or the posts so that um, I'm not able to reach an audience. And I don't want to worry about that because I know that if that's what the Lord intends, that's what will happen. But um I also don't want to get on there and make my posts about celebrities and put celebrities' names underneath it, and that's how I get my views. Because most of these experiences are necessary, are 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 um, surrounded with, you know, cons- con- excuse me, do consist of celebrities. 
But um, that's not what I really want to focus to be on. I see that Marcus Rogers, he um, he makes he he puts the celebrity's name in order to lure someone there so they can get a good word. And that's great. That's great. You know, as long as you're doing it in the name of Jesus, I think that it should work out. But I don't know if that's what the Lord wants me to do. Right now, I'm having to deal with, you know, rebellion. Rebellion. And, I'm and, and you know, I've come to the conclusion that anything that I'm dealing with, it's possible that the Lord feels that he has to deal with that inside of myself. And so he wants me to be a better example in order to see things happen another way. Um, I'm going to keep fighting towards that. I'm going to keep fighting to do that. You know, I don't want to become one of the people who preaches about God but no longer believes in him. I want to stay, you know, confident and faithful and trusting and undoubtful of his work and his ways because he's showing up in such a miraculous way. It's almost you know, idiotic to pretend as if he's not, you know, working. But, um, different things are brought up today. So, um, of course, you know, my running back to sin is obviously affecting different things. You know, I have to take responsibility for that, accountability for that. But, um, something was happening, um, I saw... Some something was brought up with Lele again. I was on Pinterest and I saw Nickelodeon promoting, you know, a Lele inspired room. God had already told me, you know, the further and the deeper that she goes into this thing, the more, you know, the more, the deeper she goes into, you know, this, you know, lifestyles of Satan and. I don't want to say that it makes it harder to be saved because the thing about it is like if whatever level it is hard to be saved, it wouldn't, it's what it is, you know, but, um, I can see that, you know, in the, in 2020, you know, I had an encounter with her. The Lord was telling me that, you know, she knows what she's doing. You know, her, her parents know what they're doing and she's pretty much, you know, willing to, you know, be compromised by Satan or bow down at the altar to Satan in order to get where she wants to be in life, to be famous, etc. Now introducing this, you know, conversation about her relationship with Chris Brown and them kind of like being in a boyfriend-girlfriend type of relationship. If I'm not mistaken, I think she's like 14 years old, 14 or 15 years old. And um, that is pedophilia. That really is pedophilic, but, you know, there's not you know uh uh there's not a a real confirmation on it it's just different things surrounding it like and it's not that the world even cares really like they probably congratulate her or him but um I care about these things still I do still care about these things and you know they fight me on these things they fight me on these subjects and I guess maybe she's even like playing a part and using my power to somehow gain some sort of advantage and you know, in her career, say, you know, with satanic forces, you know, behind her, behind the things that she's doing. I've tried to speak with her mom and her parents and different things. I I didn't want to assume that they were complacent in it all, but 
I think that they just feel that they, you know, it's gotten out of their hands and they can't really control her, what she's doing. You know, Chris Brown helps to manipulate her family. I saw a vision on that, if I'm not mistaken. He helps her to do these things. And um, I do believe that it is an abusive relationship. I've I've heard, you know, in in this process, what I've heard was different things in passing about um, him abusing her, like, there was a couple there was a couple situations where she was screaming and crying and really being you know brutally hurt and harmed by him and you know I can't say that I'm in a better position but I can say that you know if any of this is true I know that I heard that as well and and I was you know trying to be level-headed and trying to stay level-headed by saying that I understand that I am in also a compromised situation where, you know, this NBA young boy, LeBron James, different individuals seek to abuse and control me in that way as well, which is why I say I'm not in a better position. But um, I guess there was even conversation about they were saying you're trying to teach her how to stand up to him. You're trying to teach her how to fight. And she's secretly helping you, you know, so she can learn how to do these different things, you know, in order to keep from being abused, you know, for various different reasons or just from keep just to have a little bit more room, you know, so she's not controlled as much. So it really looks like she is working with them to um, attack and manipulate the power from me so that they can get away with all these wicked different things that they're doing in the industry. It seems that they're using my industry, my power to fuel the industry. I heard someone say, you are the industry. And it seems that way because, you know, the more power they pull from me, the more the industry is fueled with these wicked devices. And the more I fight, you know, I can see that I can have the control to keep these things from happening. And so, therefore, it does seem to be my responsibility that these things are happening. Because I know when I go and find my power, when I'm searching for it, when I'm seeking it, when I'm chasing after my power, you know, so many people have harbored it into so many different things that when I start to take it back, they all start fighting me. It's all over the industry. It is the industry. So I was wondering, I've, I've been wondering, I've really been confused about this thing. So if they seek to steal my power in order to fuel the industry... What was, like, where where's the other people's power? You know, where are all these other people's power that they have stolen or manipulated in order to fuel different things? Why does it feel like it's all my power? It's not all my power, I'm sure, but it's kind of like it does fuel it. But what I'm saying is, like, how these, you know... Does does they do they get powerless when they start to submit more to Satan and they start to give up on God and so that's why they have to go seek other people's power, different things, or if the, or is this just this really this big? It's really this big in my life. The prophecy on my life is really this big and 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 large that you know, my whole entire life they have been fueling the industry with my power. That is just what they've been doing and now is the time for the prophecy to be fulfilled that I killed this demon witch and I guess, you know, take my power back. But, you know, God says they don't have your power. They can't use your power. They don't, 
they cannot take your power from you, you know. But it's it's just confusing because like in 2020, they really tried to wipe my mind clean. I think that's what they're trying to recreate in a way. You know, different people around me are definitely not my friend. They're definitely not for me. And I have to not lose sight of that. But also at the same time, I'm doing what I can to work with these different individuals despite their distrust or, you know, their hate for me or or whatever they have planned for me. Because only then will I be able to administer them, you know, the Lord's word and possibly see to it that they are saved and, and try and get them you know, in a better position with God so that they can be saved. And that's what it's about. Regardless of the torture and the pain and the betrayal and whatever you have to go through at the hands of these individuals, you have to still fight for them. You have to love them past the hate and you have to do what you can to get, you know, the Lord's messages to them. That's what I'm just trying to do. You know, um, they must hate me for it, but, you know, I'm used to hate. I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to be loved for being fake. I wouldn't want to be loved for being someone I'm not. I wouldn't want to be loved for submitting to Satan. So I'd rather be hated for loving God and submitting to his will. Although, you know, I was laying here and I was thinking, you know, I'm I'm kind of upset with God. I think deep down, no, they want me to be upset with God, but deep down I have my concerns you know, concerning, like, why it feels like God is bullying me and they are bullying me too. And I feel in this, I feel like I'm in this place where I'm being bullied by God and them. Though I want to choose God and though I'm trying to choose God and I'm fighting towards God, what happens is it feels like I'm being bullied by both. I'm being bullied by both the world and God. And so, you know, I feel alone sometimes. I'm never alone, but sometimes I feel like, you know, this, this, I don't know what this, what this is supposed to you know, help or benefit, you know, it, it does still bring into perspective, like I still have to be who I'm called to be, regardless of if I feel like God's on my side or not, it could very well be deception. But more than that, even if it is true, I have to do that, you know. And so I remember conversations about, you know, this different people telling me, you know, well, I didn't feel like God had my back either. I didn't feel like God was on my side either. I felt like God was turning his back on me and the world. And I didn't have anything or anybody. And, you know, I felt, you know, it didn't matter what I chose. It didn't matter what I did. Because it's not like God was there with me, you know. Like he's there and I know he's real, but he's not, you know, necessarily, you know, proud of me or, you know, rooting for me, you know, he's, I don't know, God's always rooting for you, God's always, you know, he's, he always feel, he always loves you, but they just felt like God and the world was against them, and they were saying, you're going to see what I mean, and so now I do, now I see what they mean, but everything they warned me about, and everything that they warned me against, I'm not going to let that, you know, shape the way I think of the Lord. I'm not going to let that shape, you know, the direction that I still want to go in with God. I'm still going to allow him to transform me. I'm still going to be all that I'm called to be because at the end of the day, what it does come down to, though Satan can't control God, is that that's all he seeks to do is get you to turn your back on God and fall into this deception so he can keep you from your destiny. 
And God always tells me he won't be able to stop my destiny. No matter what, he can't stop it, you know. So I just have to keep fighting. You know, I'm in this place where even after all the progress has been made, I still can fall back into this, you know, place where all these different individuals, you know, seek to lay hands on me, can get a hold of me and do whatever they please, no matter what it is that I do to fight them, you know, oftentimes not feeling covered for a lot of things and I do have to take responsibility for not fasting and praying and being strong enough but um it's just got me to a place where I'm not trying to become hard-hearted but I am frustrated I'm frustrated I'm extremely frustrated you know I've heard about these torturous lifestyles. Lord told told me about it, and I don't want it. I don't want that, you know? My destiny, I want. God, I want. My future, a future God, I want. I want these things. But there's so many different things I don't want. And maybe the hard lesson is that you don't necessarily always get to choose what you do want. You have to learn how to discipline yourself to you know, be who you're called to be despite whether you get your way or not in life. And I absolutely understand that message, but of course I don't understand it because that, you know, it's understanding I need to be brought to. You know, if I I truly understood it, that would mean that I would have no complaints. I would have no frustrations. I would have, I would be fully you know, understanding of everything I'm going through. I would do what I was called to do regardless of what's going on around me. But it's not always that simple. It doesn't seem that way. Maybe it's that simple for the Lord. It's that simple for God. He wonders why we don't just listen to him and do what he says, you know, the first time. He shouldn't have to keep telling us over and over and over again not to do certain things. Then when we find ourselves in these places where calling out to him and blaming him for, you know, the consequences of our sin. And it just doesn't make sense to God, possibly. But that's why Jesus overcame temptation, because he understands us. And, you know, maybe I'm in this place right now where they're trying to discredit God. They're trying to get rid of the idea that Jesus is real. They want to claim that Jesus was just a prophet, that he wasn't the son of God. He wasn't the sent Messiah. So in that way, it almost feels as if they are trying to even introduce the idea that um, if he came back or if he got here, when the Lord is sent, when the Messiah sent, Messiah comes, that it wouldn't be the second coming, you know? I, I can see that. I can see how they're trying to introduce that. It wouldn't be the second coming. It wouldn't be the rapture. He would be just arriving for the first time. You know, to fulfill the prophecy in the Bible because that wasn't the Messiah. That wasn't the sent son of God. That was a prophet. Jesus was a prophet. He wasn't the Messiah. That's what it seems like they're trying to introduce in a way. But um, also at the same time, you know, understanding that. um, So what? Like after the Lord has said to me, after what he has shown me. That does it matter what logic they have after you know that I'm real? Like, I don't even even entertain conversations consisted of, you know, disbelief in Jesus's, you know, existence. 
I don't even usually entertain them anymore. The only reason I'm even entertaining it right now is because it seems as if this is something that I'm going through right now. This is something that is happening. It's something that the conversation may be about. It may be a clue to kind of get a better understanding on what needs to happen on my behalf in order to, you know, move forward in my walk with God. Because I'm never going to not believe in Jesus Christ. But um, maybe I need to acknowledge that they don't in order to move forward because what I've seen in this process is that I am possibly being held back. I'm possibly being held back by the idea that certain people can be saved. And I I would have to accept that, you know, they cannot be saved if they do not accept the sent Messiah, the sent Son of God. If they don't accept Jesus Christ, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If they do not accept him as their Lord and Savior, I can't guarantee that they will be saved, you know. The Bible also speaks about people who have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior or who have not, you know, necessarily believed in God, still making it, in, making it into heaven due to their the, the lifestyle that they lived here on earth, regardless of what they believed in. Yes, the Bible says that that is possible, that you may still receive eternal salvation even in not believing in God because of the type of person you decided to be. If you if you were just a generous, giving, loving, selfless, you know, person that pretty much followed, you know, you know, that pretty much forgave and, and, and behaved in, in a way that the Lord, you know, is proud of and, and he died for, you may still be saved, even if you don't believe in him or accept him as your Lord and Savior. That's That's in the Bible. It's in the Bible, but the Bible says over and over and over and over and over again, there is no way to the Father except through the Son. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. If you do not accept Jesus Christ, you do not enter into the gates of heaven. If you do not repent of your sins, you will be sent to hell. So I wouldn't ever encourage anybody to put their eggs in that basket. If you have an opportunity to be saved, you should take that opportunity. You can't say, well, I don't have to accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I'm just going to be an outstanding human being and I'll take my chances with that. Well, you know, I don't think that that would be how that happened anyways. I think that what would happen would be someone wasn't necessarily intentionally avoiding repentance and forgiveness and accepting Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior. They just you know, were who they were. They were, their hearts were searched and they were found to be, you know, loving, selfless, giving, etc. All these different things. No one knows the ways of the Lord. He works in mysterious ways. So he may have chosen them for various different reasons. And that's how that works. Anyone who's thinking to themselves, they are intentionally going to avoid him or they just, you know, have heard about him time and time again. And they're choosing not to you know, believe that or anything like that, I don't know if that will be the case for you. I think that it will just happen by, you know, never by chance because God is intentional and purpose and purposeful, but just by mercy and grace for someone who wasn't, who didn't have an attitude like that. You can't have an attitude like I'll do what I want. Like they didn't have an attitude like that anyways. You know, it was just that maybe circumstances arose that they just didn't necessarily accept Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior, or believe in God. 
But because of their character and the way that they carried themselves and the way that they lived their lives, mercy and grace was shown in their souls and they they received eternal salvation. So a lot of people, this is why I don't entertain the conversation because if you ever hear from anyone who's preaching about Jesus and you, you know, feel that this has sparked some sort of interest in your heart to do it that way, you're intentionally, you know, you're you're intentionally being unrepentant. And I don't believe that those rules may you know, actually apply to you because your attitude and the, you know, what you are choosing to do, but also taking into account, a lot of us are under deception. Satan is a liar and he likes to use you. So I would never rule any situation. Now all situations exist and you can never say what God would do. So I would never encourage it though. I just want to be honest about how I feel about it. But, um, it seems to me that God is saying in those circumstances, it's someone who was, you know, ignorant, someone who was ignorant. The Bible says that you are not held accountable for your ignorance. But when you know, when you are aware, you have to start moving accordingly. And it's about discipline. And I just realized something. Um, I had this feeling. I had this feeling in my heart and in my soul like, you know, oh, I just want to burn someone with a cigarette. Oh my gosh, I just want to kill somebody. Oh my goodness, I just want to do something so sinful and negative, different things like that. And I was just like, and it felt like, you know, with all these different things that you are being fed, all these different lies you're being fed and ideas on life and perspectives you're being fed, why don't you just, you know, accept that you can do whatever you want? Like, you don't, there's no chains behind your behavior, you have free will. You have free will to go do that. Go do that. Like, if anything else makes sense, that makes sense as well. And then I was like, well, no. You know, at the end of the day, you do have to show discipline. You have to show discipline. And maybe because of a lack of discipline, oftentimes people get sucked into these lifestyles or underneath these deceptions or controls of Satan because they lack discipline other some despise discipline you know and wisdom so i was seeing that somebody may have been pointing that out but it's like you show discipline though you are showing discipline even if it isn't a big amount of discipline that you are showing even if you aren't showing the amount of discipline that you should be showing you're showing discipline like you're not going to go out and just stab somebody you're not going to go out and just rob a bank you're not just going to go out and just like be this wicked, you know, ruthless, just no rules, no laws type of individual, even if it feels as if you feel possessed to do something. And so maybe that's the conversation about why I feel like the Lord leads me when I'm saying I feel that the Lord is leading me. And maybe they're saying that's not the Lord leading you. And you are being deceived and that's why people are calling you dumb because you're falling into this stuff but the idea is that still you show discipline though when it comes to you know them trying to lead you down certain directions to do different things you don't just do anything you don't just do whatever you're still showing a certain amount of discipline and maybe that's what that conversation was consistent of but in my heart I know there's so many different things people can say about me and the way that I'm living my life and the decisions that I'm making. And I hope to somehow break free one day of this, you know, <clears throat> these chains that I feel that I'm in. 
that somehow control or convince me to be a certain kind of way and act in a certain kind of behavior that I don't necessarily want to continue in. Hopefully, I'm able to smarten up, wise up, you know, be stronger, be more disciplined and be led, you know, by God. I just want to be led by God alone. You know, I do have to conquer this battle. And maybe it's funny to people when they see that I'm still falling under, you know, and under the influence of peer pressure or different other people's, you know, convincing or conversation, just just their logic or perspectives on life. That's human. You know, we want to hear things out. We want to, you know, hear logic. We want to apply that logic when it, when we feel as if it sparks our interest. Excuse me. A great example of that would be how the angels, they knew better, but they came down here to are not so innocent innocent humankind the reason why i say not so innocent is because adam and eve disobeyed god by, by you know eating the forbidden fruit so they were sent out into this world cursed with you know immortality and so we were not innocent but also at the same time we were innocent because we didn't fully truly understand what we had done and what we were doing because we were deceived into it by satan by the serpent the angels came down and they taught us witchcraft. They taught us how to manipulate plants and powers and different things like that. And and so they sort of, you know, ruined our innocence in that way. They were judged for that. You know, giants existed because of their, you know, the children that they impregnated, you know, they impregnated humans with these children. They were half angel, half children, baby, half human children. And, um... They were giants. So, you know, in a way, we do have this way about us where we, you know, it sparks our interest and we go and we go in different directions like children. But we have to show discipline. That's what the Lord is calling us to do. He's calling us to show discipline, you know, be disciplined by his word, be obedient. And though we may lack it, though we may lack the discipline and obedience in order to truly be all that we're called to be. We can still try. We can still show effort. And even though it seems that so many people have said to me, you're going to hell anyways. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You're going to be left behind in the rapture and different things like that. And even maybe God has even said that to me because he has shown me that it may come a time where I have to endure seven years of tribulation. I will have to survive no food, no water, and never take the mark of beast, mark of the beast. And you know, he showed me survival tactics. I've studied it for years. So maybe that's like the other side of things. If you don't make it, this is what will happen. And you'll still have a chance at that. And there's even still a chance that you still won't make it even by then. But you have to be tough. You have to be strong. You have to fight. You got to, you know, you got to want to get there. You got to show discipline. So, you know, if the Lord didn't feel that, you know, there was a chance for me, then he wouldn't give me one. And so I'm going to do what I can for that. I know that there's so many different things about my behavior that it's like, do you even really want to be who God has called you to be? Do you even truly believe that you can be who God has called you to be? Do you expect to make it in the rapture because you're not behaving in that way? You're not being 100% obedient to God. You're not fasting and praying like you should. You are falling into temptation. You're oftentimes in the wrong environments and supporting the wrong things. You're just not getting up to do what you need to do. And um, 
my logic, you know, may not even make sense to a lot of people. They may feel it is stupid. They may even laugh at it. But the idea is, you know, I have to, this journey is my own. This journey is my own. As much as someone tells me to do something, as much as it feels like that may be the right thing to do or a better option to take, like, I, you know, sometimes don't understand why I make the decisions that I make, and neither do you. You don't always understand the decisions that you make. If you, if anyone on this planet says that each and every single last decision that I made, I understood, you know, then you would be perfect. There would be no mistakes found, you know? Well, maybe it's a possibility that you don't see them as mistakes, but they are. You wouldn't have sinned before ever in your life. We all make mistakes. We all sin. And it's not it's just not a way to somehow excuse habitual sin or habitual behavior when you're constantly gravitating in a direction that the Lord has pulled you away from. I want to be held accountable for that. But I have to fight hard to get my mind in a place where I am learning to show discipline and, <clears throat> you know, fighting, learn behaviors, because it's a lot of things about my life when I grew up in the way that I was raised, in a way that I kind of, in, in a way, even raised myself to do certain things, that I have to learn how to break away from these things. And so my journey is my own, and I won't allow anybody to make me feel guilty about that. I can't keep allowing people to make me feel guilty about that, because the problem with that is the guilt doesn't change a thing. It doesn't change a thing. You can try and say that the guilt will motivate you to get up and do something different. But, you know, I'd rather look to other things to motivate me to get up and do something different. Like just, you know, wanting to be better and feeling motivated by God. Feeling that even if I've ever lacked that support system in this world, I will never lack it with the Lord. And he'll make the impossible possible in my life. When I feel like I can't break free and I feel like I can't control my behavior, the Lord is going to, you know, work a miracle in my life and make things and transform things in such a way, you know. But a lot of people call me spoiled. You're spoiled. You're spoiled. You expect God to do everything for you. You're such a spoiled brat, different things like that. But um, I think that, I'm, you know, the Lord loves me. He loves me for my heart and believing that he's going to do it for me. He wants us to depend on him. He wants us to give everything to him. He wants us to use him. He wants us to trust that he can do it. He wants us to believe that he is capable of doing all that we feel that we lack. He wants us to do that. He wants us to do that. So I won't listen to anybody because, I mean, I'll listen, but, you know, I'll, I'll just have to find my journey my way and I'll understand it. I'll do my best to understand that even in others and try my best not to judge other people when it seems as if they may be trying to imitate the same behavior, but um, not trying to, but they just, you know, maybe imitate the same behavior. But the thing I also want to take into account, I want to take into account that um, all of this that's happening right now in my life right now, everything that's happening in my life right now, you know, I couldn't have done on my own. I couldn't have done it on my own. So it seems to be working. It seems to be working for me. And if it, different individuals are jealous of how it's working out for me, because that's they think it's spoiled and they, they don't appreciate that the Lord is allowing these things to work out for me like this. And this is why they're torturing me or causing me so much pain. That's on them. They're going to have to deal with God with that. But, you know, I'm going to keep believing in him the way that I have, you know, always have, you know, because I see that it's gotten me where I am. And maybe it won't, you know, remain the same. It will be transformed into everything he wants it to be. But he's going to do that part. 
That's the point. So my journey is my own. And every decision I'm making, God is planned for. He has a, he has his perfect will will trump any and everything that's going on in my life. Despite the witchcraft, despite the lack of accountability, despite the excuses, despite the lack of responsibility, despite the lack of discipline and despite the ignorance, God is going to make a way. And so he has. Look at all that he's doing in my life. Who are these people? LeBron James, NBA Youngboy, Little Uzi Vert, Little Dirk, um, Lele, Chris Brown, Prince, Michael Jackson, Brandy, Usher, Whitney Houston, um, Tupac, Juice World. Who are these people? You know, these people are showing up and they are, you know, actually impacting my life. And my life is impacting so many others. And only by God's grace, only by God's mercy, who could take credit for this? I'm sure someone wants to. Someone could say, well, it's because of what I did. I put witchcraft on you and I made you like this big laughing stock. And so everybody just rushed into the negativity or whatever. You know, everybody just rushed in and do whatever they're doing. But that's just unacceptance of what's truly happening here. This is God. This is by God's design. He's truly transforming my life. And when change broke off of my heart, I believe they broke off of LeBron James' heart as well. But um, that being said, we're all <clears throat> learning. We're all learning. Different ages, different walks of life, all different places. We're all witnessing this. We're all witnessing God. And he's proving and showing his power in magnificent ways. And so I will not fear. Oh, I didn't say Marcus Rogers. Yes, Marcus Rogers. I just put him in his own lane because though it seems as if he is very famous and a celebrity, doesn't feel like he falls into that category with a lot of celebrities because he's like, you know, a pastor. He's he's definitely decided on his walking way and way of life. And so it doesn't make him separate or different or anything, but he's truly set apart and holy. I know that. So yes, Marcus Rogers as well. These different people. I can name so many other people. I'm not trying to leave anybody out. But um all these different things are going on in my life, regardless of what they look like, regardless of what's happening, regardless of the decisions that I'm making, regardless of the direction I'm choosing to go in. It's all happening for a reason, and it's all happening by God's design. So I have to follow my journey. It is my own. No one will be able to tell me which is the next step to make, because if I follow each and every single last person's instructions on what decision to make in my life, it'll be theirs. This is my life. So... I'm not saying my life, my choice, my my free will, my no. It's not. I'm rant, I'm not ranting like a spoiled child. I'm just saying. I have to trust what God has placed inside of me, the power He's placed inside of me, and what He, you know, is planning to do with my life. And if things change, things change. But I have to trust this direction. You know, I have to trust how He made me, who He made me to be. I have to trust that. And so many people around me, like, they'll say so much about what I'm doing. But, you know, when it works out, they're always there, like, you know, kind of like hanging around, like wanting in a way to congratulate you but not be wrong because they don't want to hear I told you so. But that's happening so many different times. So many people have told me, you have to do this, you have to do that, seeming as if they felt that they knew everything. And then I did it a certain way. And then now it's more excuses. So it has to happen how God intends for it to happen. I'm confident he's in control. He's going to make it work. He's planned for these mistakes I've made. He's planned for 
you know, the excuses, irresponsibility, unaccountability, um, pride, vanity, arrogance, ignorance. He's playing for everything in me that's wrong to be proned out. And so he's going to do it in his way. And I'm going to trust God on that because nobody knows more or better than him. So the judgment is is what it is. It's difficult. It's always going to be difficult. And looking back when I was a kid and I was judged and I was placed in certain environments or put, made to feel a certain kind of way, you know, deep down, it just didn't change who I was. And so that's what's making me who I am today, that I wasn't allowed to be changed by different people's judgments or opinions. Deep down, I'm going to be who I'm called to be anyway. So I'm going to try to take instruction and learn and find, you know, information in my life moving forward every day. You know, I'm going to do what I can, but also at the same time, I'm going to trust that God has me covered. He does. And I can't stand, I can't, you know, I won't say I can't stand it, but it, it, it does bother me a little when people, you know, first they convict all that you're doing and they make it seem as if you have no future. But then when things start working out, they just want to say, Oh, you're just spoiled because he's just making things work out for you when, you know, they felt I should have had to do it a different kind of way. Everybody's journey is different. Everybody's journey is different. I would never convict you for yours. Well, actually, I might because I'm human, but that's your journey. This is mine. It is what it is. I'll do what I can to help people. I'll do what I can to be led in the direction of God. I'll be wrong when I'm wrong and right when I'm right. But God is always right. That's what it is. So the pressure the pressure, the pressure, the pressure. It will work out. It will work out. I can't be pressured into being someone else. You know? I'm trying to use and shape that pressure in the right direction to allow that pressure to make me everything God has called me to be. Let them pressure me into being who I'm called to be. Let them pressure me into God's presence. Let them pressure me into my destiny. Because the pressure is going to remain one way or another. You just you just have to do what you can to allow that to pressure you into the right direction. That's all I can do. So the Lord has given me wisdom. All these people around me, they want to take all that the Lord has given me. But they always want to, you know, criticize what I'm doing with it. That's called jealousy. They are called haters. Because you only have something to say when I'm doing it. You only have something to say when it's me. You only have something to say because it's me doing it with the things that the Lord has given me. When you do it, you don't necessarily make better decisions or you don't necessarily do things perfectly or you don't necessarily always get it right. You just don't, you just don't, you know, you're just hating. You're just hating. And that's jealousy. And I just woke up today and I was just like, oh my gosh, they're all jealous. They're all jealous. And I'm not trying to be funny. But it's like, seriously, I woke up today and I was like, is that me saying that? Is that me thinking that they're all jealous or is someone just telling me they're all jealous? Because they're all jealous. They're all jealous and I deal with this every day. But I don't get to complain a lot because they always threaten to kill me when I call them out. Um, I say, you're jealous. Like, you're all jealous. You're so hateful. Judgmental and critical of all that I do or whatever you're jealous 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 you are jealous y'all are jealous so that's what it is you know I have to deal with that you know nobody understands like to be me 
Nobody understands what it is I'm going through. Every time I turn around, I gotta look at, I gotta look around and see more efforts to destroy me and destroy my destiny. To criticize me or make fun of the way that I do things or feel as if they can be or do things better with what I was given. You were given what you were given. I was given what I was given. And if you try and take from me what God has given me, then you won't get what he has for you. So make your own bed. Why don't you? I don't care. It's not. I don't have time for that. They're making their beds and they're going to have to lay in them. I'm going to make my bed. I'm going to have to lay in that. So let me, you know, make my own bed. I don't want nobody else to make it for me. I'm going to do the best I can. You know, I never said I was perfect. I never said I was the greatest in the world. They tried to convince me I was the greatest in the world. They said to you, they said to me when I was at a certain place with God, they said, no one would do all that you're doing. You're a fool. No one would do everything that you're doing for God. And that's why he chose you, because you're a fool. And um, they said, you know, the only reason you have that position is because you're the only one in the world who do it. You're the only one who do this for him. And I never believed it. You're a fool. He can use anybody. And if you, you know, right now, even in the midst of what you are saying, he could snatch you up right now and possess you to do it. He is God. <laughs> but... I want my position. I want my spot because he's called me to this and I do want to do it. I do want to do it. Even if it's just only by his mercy and grace that I even still have the fight or the desire to do what he's called me to do. I want to keep my mercy and grace. I want to be who he's called me to be. I want to do it. I do want to do it. I just have to show it more. That's all. And I'm going, I intend to, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to be better. Lately, I just been feeling like, you know, I'm so tired of the torture. I'm so tired of the tormenting. But if it's not going anywhere, I have to prevail past. I have to choose God. I have to let him work through me. And whoever is jealous, whoever wants to take from me and keep whatever, if they ever are able to keep it, it was meant for them to have. That's what it is. Everything happens for a reason. Jesus says if they take something from you, give them whatever else that you have. So take it, have it. If you get to keep it and you can, and it remains in your possession and the Lord does not either return it to me or give me back ten times over whatever you've taken, then that's what it was meant to happen. It's what it is. I'm not going to stress more. I'm already stressing so much for what I'm not doing. I'm already stressing so much for who I'm not being. I'm already stressing so much because of my lack of discipline and disobedience to God. I don't want to disappoint him. I don't want to be anything else than what he's called me to be. And I'm not always being reflective of that. I stress so much because of these things as alone. I don't want to stress about what you're taking, what you're doing too. That's too much. So I got to work it out. I just had such an interesting vision. I felt it meant so much. It was beautiful. Okay, so um, I was in my room and we were all in my room. And um, I woke up, but when I woke up, I saw my brothers. They were doing something. But then, um, the next thing I know, 
there was a um next thing I know there was they were gone it was my mom and my sister and um they were like it's a fire it's a fire and so I packed up like I had an iPad in my hand I packed it up in a bag and I threw the bag away all these other things happened I was like wait I just had the iPad I found it I had my tablet it's gone now But my mom, she woke up. Excuse me, she she excuse me, she was right there. She didn't say anything. My sister was there. She was she like had a phone, different things like that. I was reaching for the phone and stuff. I'm like, hey, pass me that phone. She passed me the phone, different things happened like that. But um then I saw like different like scenes from Abbott Elementary mixed with Everybody Hates Chris, mixed with like a whole bunch of other stuff. Like they're all like mixed together. And I I felt like in my heart I knew what this meant. That um all the things that I know I love growing up on, the things that I've, you know, done my best to study study and ask the Lord ask God about so I could get a better understanding of. All of these things, um, like in my heart, in my mind, like I wanna be a director, producer, writer, all these different things, a a comedian, an actor um, all these different things, and so, like, in my heart, my whole life, I've been kind of creating, like, this mix, like, mix-up of all these different things in order to find my own individuality, individual, like, style in these things so that I can make something of them all, and you can see me in it, you can see what's influenced my life, you can see what's influenced my jokes, you can see what's influenced my style, you can see what's influenced my sound, you can see what's influenced these things. And I and, and it's new and it's different and it's me. You know? And yes, it feels like you're ripping off everybody else, but you're not. You're doing the work. You're not being weak. You're not robbing anybody. You're just allowing them to inspire something new. And that's when it takes doing it takes caring about what they've done too. You have to care about what someone else has done. Because if you don't, what happens is You'll rip them off. <laughs> You'll rip them off if you don't care. But you have to care. When you care about being you and being something, being who you're meant to be and being great, you know, when you care about actually making some, like when you can do the work, we're not being lazy. Because some people are being lazy. Some people are just like, I won't do all of that. I don't have to do all that. I'll just take it from you. Or I'll just make you do the work and then I'll follow up behind after everything you've done and take credit for it. Or I'll just copy. That is so weak. It's weak. Okay, here's the thing. Even if you do the work and you copy, you have to have some sort of moral code behind that. You have to be like, you know, well, I know them and or and I care for them. And like this is really just like inspiration. It's insp- it has to be inspiring or ins- inspirational in some way. It can't just be, I just took it, I just ripped it off. And, like, deep deep down, you have to have a story. Like, you don't care about their story, you don't care about your story, you don't care about a story. Like, that's weak. It's boring. It's not interesting. It lacks. It's just, 
it's hollow. It's empty on the inside. It's like nobody wants. Um, nobody wants us, you know, what's, what's the way I used to say? Nobody wants, well, some people do want gold plated, but would you rather have it to look like it's, you know, would you want it painted gold or would you actually want it gold through and through like that? You know, when it's fake, that, that, that paint is going to dull. It's going to scrape off. You're going to see the metal underneath. You're going to see whatever you just painted gold. When it's real gold, it's real gold. So, um, there's still no excuse for what I haven't been doing lately and how much work I haven't been doing. Things I've been allowing and how I've been behaving lately. You know, I know what I'm, I know what I really mean, and I know why I really do stuff, but, like, I still have to be considerate of what got me here and the work that's necessary. I can't be lazy. I can't get lazy now. Like, I've always despised that when you get a lot of things from a certain behavior, and you say, I I got it now, so I can do what I want to do. I can get lazy now. Like, no one's going to respect that, so... It's difficult, but I was like in this vision, and you know, different things were happening. So it was like this whole room that disappeared, and my brothers they disappeared too. And my mom was like, "Um, where are they?" And I was like, "They were here when I woke up, but they didn't listen to me." And then they were like, um, "The house burning down, but we were okay in this room. Like everything was burning down except for this room." But I was like, "That's so weird." Things were making sense, but then I was like, "They were just here, then they showed up, and it was like." It was this whole room of all this different stuff. There was, like, cords, phones, tablets, all type of tech stuff in, hidden in this room. But, like, it wasn't there before. And everybody was wondering what was going on. Different things like that were happening. Um, as I said, it was, like, a scene from that elementary. This guy was putting, like, hamburgers and fries in his, in his, his pocket, which had, like, a secret compartment. And he was, like, studying it later or something like that. I don't know. But um, I do have work to do. I still have work to do. Like, there's so much studying I still want to do. There's so much research I feel that is necessary in order to truly understand and have a real grip or hold on the things that I really want to impact. Like, I want to use to impact, the, you know, the generation if, of course, that is, you know, what I'm called to do. If I plan on using it, I don't want to use it emptily or weakly. I want to be strong. I want to have a big punch. Not that might be the best, but, you know, I just want to care. I just want, I don't want, I want these things to work out. So, um, in this vision, I woke up and I heard, and I was just thinking about how good it felt in a vision. Like, just to feel heard. Like, I'm just talking, I'm saying these things over and over and over again. And I don't say, I don't think everybody has to care what I say all the time. Or that, you know, I'm just better than anybody else and people need to listen up when I talk. But I was just heard, like, and I was just like, I didn't have to scream. I didn't have to fight. I didn't have to beat everybody in the room first so people had to listen up. I was just hurt. They hurt me. They understood me. And they told the truth. And you have to lie. 
and they didn't have to make me look stupid. They didn't have to humiliate me. They didn't have to do all this different stuff to frustrate me first before they finally want to give in to me and then let me win. Like, huh. I just felt hurt. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to. It's probably, it's, it might be a while before I get that the way I really want that. But it calms my soul. It does, you know woke up from that and I heard like oh my gosh the ending was so funny though like I was running through this this house and was like we're all run, we're all running then we all start running like we're in the MLK monologue or something because like just remember when you were younger and you were black and you were growing up and you know certain environments like they never truly understand the struggles and when you everything you did they always treated you almost like you were in like some sort of MLK commercial or something like that that's something I always understood about Chris Rock and his jokes and his comedic style. He would call that stuff out, you know. But we were running through this home, and it was like, now I feel like I'm an MLK monologue. And we ran through the door. We ran through the door. And I was like, I'm not going to run through the door. And I pushed the door open. But then somebody else was like, wait, I can't run through the door. And then they ran right through the door. It was so hilarious. It was hilarious. But it was like, okay, I can't laugh. I can't laugh. I can't laugh because I have to focus. What does this mean? What is going on? Woke up and I was like, um, hearing Sesame Street music and all kinds of stuff. Like, dun, 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 dun. it was just okay. It's jokes. It's jokes. But. I woke up and all I know is like, like I'm still feeling sick. I'm rolling around in bed and all kinds of stuff like that. But you know, I'm happy to see my family back together. I'm happy to see they're okay. You know, I'm, I'm noticing things. Things aren't as bad as they may seem, even though they still have to be dealt with. Different things like that. And then I'm like, what were they talking about? What were they arguing about? Like, what were they? Kept, what they kept seeing? It's saying, and then I heard Chris Rock's voice audibly say, because she actually understands me. And I, maybe that's another joke. But then I started thinking about my, in my heart, like what I, what I try and do. Like, I'm not trying to steal or take anything from anybody, and I'm not asking anybody to give me anything. I'm just, you know, trying to research the things I know and love that have shaped who I am today so that I can, you know, find my own individuality in things and make something new, you know, without stealing. I want to actually understand. And then growing up, I studied comedians. God had me studying comedians for this portion of my life. I was just studying them. I wanted to be a comedian. Everybody in my family, they were always so funny to me. And we would all just sit around laughing for hours. But nobody laughed at my jokes. And they always say, you're so corny, that's why you're not funny. So that's why nobody laughs at your jokes. But God will always say to me in my heart, you are funny. You are really, really funny. And I was like, God, I don't want to be a comedian. And I was like, the greatest comedian, one of the greats, one of the greatest comedians that ever existed. And it's like this whole, like, layout of who's the really great comedians. But that's in my opinion. There's so many to uh, to really exist. It's a whole bunch of comedians you have to acknowledge and you have to broaden your horizons to see that because a lot of times who you think is funny is going to be based off 
possibly, you know, a similar sense of humor and similar experiences, which is why I felt like, can I really be a comedian? Because look at me and my family, you know, I'm not funny to them. And our similar sense of humor may be based off of different things we've grown up, grown up around, and I'm still not funny to them. And so if I find my sense of humor in comedians, it's going to be based off of, you know, these different type of things and sense of humor that I've, I've grown around these people and around these experiences, except I'm not the funny one. So is that weak? Would it be weak? But I trusted God to make sure, you know, that it will work out. It will work out. Like, I'm funny. He said, I'm already funny. I won't be faking it. I won't be weak. And I won't be like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to have to cure this like deep desire in me to like have to to have to make up for what ne- what I never had but I just wanted to be something that you know I just always I always wanted I always wanted to be and it's just who I was anyways it wasn't about you know oh I never was cool I have to be cool it's just like that's that was always been there you know maybe maybe in some weird way I already knew that they didn't understand me they didn't really accept me and they weren't really you know I just didn't want it to be like, oh, you think you're something now because you finally did this and you finally did that. You weren't that. You never were that. And, like, I don't know. I just didn't want it to be about proving anything to anybody, you know? But, yes, about proving something to myself, you know? And I never have to prove anything to God. But all I know is I study comedians. And what I realize, sometimes they say jokes. They, They be funny. Some of your favorite comedians be so funny. But sometimes they say jokes you don't get. They'll say something and you you won't laugh. And then other times they'll say things and, you know, it sounds subliminal. Like it doesn't make sense to you. But that's why you have to study them. And you watch interviews and you listen to them. You actually hear their, you know, stand-up and you see their upbringing. You see different things they talk about that actually influence their jokes and why they, you know, why they like that. And they tell you that it's not always easy to become a comedian. Chris Rock, you know, he inspired me particularly because, you know, I just remember, like, thinking that he became one of the greatest comedians to ever exist. He must have always been so funny. What was it like growing up for him at home? People are just dying laughing at his dinner table and just, you know, can't breathe and different things like that because he's just that funny. And I remember, I think I remember him saying in an interview or telling telling me, he was like, no, like, I wasn't really funny growing up. I wasn't really, you know, who I was today. And that inspired me so much. I'm like, you can still do it, even if you weren't always the funny one. I think Bernie Mac said the same thing. Like, even if you're not always the funny one, even if, you know, no one can kind of see that for you or it may seem like, you know, like even I don't know even when you seem misunderstood you can still be the funny one so I do a little research different things I try to understand things so that I can have a a better grip on who it is I'm watching what they're talking about so I'll understand that joke so it'll be funny to me too like so I'll know what you meant when you said it so it's not so subliminal different things like that but um I don't know I don't know like 
I'm not always the best and I don't want to take so so much credit like oh I just did the work and I got it and all just like that and I definitely want, don't want to be weak you know but I don't know I don't know sometimes it takes weak to be weak to be strong God makes you strong in your weaknesses I don't know maybe it'll work out but Chris Rock hung around me for a while. He he just hung around me for a, a while. And I see that he took a liking to me. And I was, like, so relieved. Because I really liked him. But I was like, that doesn't mean somebody will like you. But I was relieved about that. Because he was so nice. He was so cool. And he kind of wanted, he was rooting for me in a way. He was kind of inspirational and things like that. And I'm just like... You know, that's hilarious. He's cool. He's cool. He has his reasons, you know, whatever. But, um, I just woke up to that and I heard that. And I think that I realized what's going on, you know, even though I feel that I already know. So many people are trying to snatch different things from underneath the, my umbrella. Different things that I've possibly gained from just being genuine and just being honest and just being passionate about the things that I want in life. And I never really wanted to worry about that because I had to trust that if you are truly being genuine and real about this stuff, you weren't just telling people things, you weren't just acting a certain way in order to gain, then it won't work like that. And if it does and it's meant to happen, everything's meant to happen, you have to trust. So, I don't know. I woke up and I realized like this is still happening, this is still going, you're still trying to snatch things from me. They will have gained nothing, ultimately. Too many people around me are so, you know, so decided on destruction. They're so decided on destruction for me. And, um, I mean, as I've said, I'm going to trust what happens. But these these individuals, you know, oh my gosh, like they're big haters, big haters trying to snatch everything from me and kind of like in a way be me so they can have these things or just like they really, they're jealous. So they want to take me off, I guess. And I'm not fighting them like I usually do. I'm not, I'm not making a point that like I'm not the one to be stepped over. I was stepped over a lot, you know, growing up. You're not going to step over me. You're not going to step on me. None of that. So, I I got tired of that, though. Like, you know, to prove myself too much. But I also still want to grow and become everything that I've asked God, out, asked God to be. And if this is the path and this is what I have to do to get there, and I just have to suck it up and I have to learn discipline, I have to fight for myself. I have to fight for my future. I have to fight for the things that I want. I have to not be lazy. And I have to go through whatever it takes to go through in order to get there. I can't quit. So, I'm trying. But, um, I don't know. Different individuals around me. YB, he was around. And he kind of was like, in a way, kind of acknowledging what's happening here. You know, like, yeah, I get it. You know, different things like that. You know, your loyalty are different things like that. But I'm like, that's not why. 
You know, they they tried me with that in the beginning. They were like, it's who you're loyal to. You're loyal to them. That's why you're, it's not about loyalty. I mean, yes, I'm a loyal person. And sometimes I despise it, but it's not about that. It's about me having my real reasons why I really deal with people, why I really like people, why I really go hard for them. Real reasons. And you have to accept that in someone. When someone says that, accept that. Because, you know, I've heard so many conversations. They're loyal to you. Man, where can I get that? Where can I get that? And it's like, are you just saying that to try and reverse psychology me? You're trying, it's reverse psychology, isn't it? You're saying, you're saying to yourself, if I make her feel like, oh man, you know, I really know why you're doing that, and this, th- different things like that, they will feel, you know, like pressure to prove to you something. But like, I was just like, no, it's not that. It's not that. Because they don't care if I hear it. They don't care if I even know they said it. But at the same time, acknowledging like God has blocked my ears from so much just to protect me. So, um, I don't know. Maybe they did want me to hear it or, or 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 things like that. But regardless of anything, though, like, I hear my dad cracking up. I know Chris Rock is really letting him have it right now. But um, they were all cracking up. They were all cracking up. My whole family, like, I don't know. It seemed so normal, but everybody was just laughing. Woke up to everybody laughing, you know, different things going on. So, you know, this stuff is really happening right now. I have to take it seriously and I have to focus on God and I have to do what's necessary. But I have to be careful. I have to be careful. I always have to be careful. I'm not doing all that I usually do. I gotta make it count. But I trust in God through this season right now. Because I'm like, I feel something. It's like, ooh, kind of hatred, jealousy, um, intent to destroy. You know, all this stuff is going on this whole time. And I've been usually on top of it, but just not this lately. Okay, so, um,. 